What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Wyman Podcast. Um, no matter how you are listening, whether it's on the Anchor app, which I record all my episodes on, um, also available on Spotify, Google Play, uh, Breaker, Pocket Cast, um, all that, all those good outlets. Um, today we're gonna get into the. Um, it's Tuesday, so we're gonna do NFL news and notes. Do a little NFL spot. Want to want to keep Tuesdays my NFL days just to get ready for the um, you know NFL season when it gets here. Um, you know I'm gonna want to do. Gonna gonna want to do most of my NFL stuff on Tuesdays anyway, so figure might as well keep it that way during the off season. Um. Some some big news, some big notes. Not really much happened. Um, these past few days, I know yesterday, the. Uh, Big free agent Gerald McCoy, defensive tackle, um, that was released by Tampa about a week or two ago now. Um, he ended up signing with another NFC South team, the Carolina Panthers, um, on a one-year deal for eight million dollars and four million of it's guaranteed. Now, um, there was a report out there that Cleveland was interested, and the Ravens were interested, and I think even the Colts' names. Uh, were thrown in there. I know uh, McCoy made it pretty pretty clear he wanted to play for a playoff team, which um, you know I don't blame him. All those years in Tampa, I think he's, I think he was in Tampa for about eight or nine years. You know, all those years in Tampa, he hasn't really played in any big playoff games or you know definitely no uh, Super Bowls or nothing like that. So you know, Carolina's. I mean, Carolina's always going to be a contender as long as Cam Newton stays healthy. I don't really blame him for going there. Now there was a report that the Ravens offered him double um, guaranteed money, so he would have got like eight million guaranteed, and then maybe, you know, twelve million or fourteen million, you know, um, salary wise. Which, um, you know, sometimes you just fit. I think they even talked to McCoy and just the, you know, he even talked about just the instant chemistry and the way he hit it off right off with the guys, with, um, you know, in Carolina, rather than Baltimore. So. You know, sometimes money isn't everything to these guys. You know, McCoy's 31 years old. He's made plenty of money. You know, he he's definitely um definitely not hurting for money. So I don't think I don't think the biggest thing here for him was the money. Obviously, as you see, um you know with the Ravens supposedly being the biggest offer, and he still ends up turning them down to go to Carolina, who was seven and nine last year. But um, a lot of people forget they had they started off really hot they were uh six and two during their first eight games last year halfway through the season last year so um you know and then obviously finished seven and nine terrible one one and seven finish it's almost impossible to do i mean i know cam was banged up and he was kind of like playing hurt you could even see like some of the throws he was making he's like uh you know just his uh you know his wind up and his form you know he just looked like a guy who who looked limited um, you know, so hopefully he comes back healthy. And like I said, if the, if he's if Cam's healthy, then Carolina is always a contender. I don't really see. I don't really have a problem with McCoy. I'm saying he wants to go to a contender and going to Carolina. You know, even though he finished seven and nine last year, they um they are, they are always a, a a solid team under Ron Rivera. Um, just on the defensive side, anyway, they have um 
they have been making a lot of moves, and I drafted one of the one of the bigger name uh, defensive ends out of Florida State, uh, Brian Burns. One of the, um, you know, I think on most boards he was like, um, you know, he was he was usually in the top five. May, may, maybe some of them had him, you know, as like the number six or number seven DNs, but he was definitely up there. And, and what in a class in you know what was loaded with DNs this year in the draft, I mean. There's so many DNs and D tackles. I mean, if you needed a D lineman, you, you know, you probably got one because, um, you know, they, there was just so many of them this year. This was a huge draft for D linemen. And, uh, you know, Carolina ends up drafting one. Brian Burns, the DN out of Florida State. They signed Bruce Irvin. Um, you know, they still have Quan Short there in the middle. Now they add Gerald McCoy next to him. Uh, Mario Addison, another solid DN. And then. You know, of course, she got the all-pro, all-world, uh, you know, middle linebacker and Luke Keekley behind them. So, I mean, they really they really set up a nice uh, front seven there for Carolina. They are they are really loading the box up there with, with talent. And, um, you know, we'll see if it does pay off. But I, I like the move for Carolina. You know, no harm, no foul. Uh, one year, you know, $4 million guaranteed maybe. Joe McCoy, you know, he's only 31 years old. So maybe he does kind of want to have, like, one of those rebound years that, you know, wants to show people, hey, I can still play. You know, don't forget about it. And I see a lot of these one-year deals with um, D-tackles now because it's kind of, it's not really a dying position, but you see a lot of ends. Like, you see a guy like Aaron Donald play D-tackle now. Um, J- I think J.J. Watt was really one of the first ones to do it. Um, I remember Justin Tuck used to do it with the Giants when they used to move him inside. You know, defensive uh, coordinators and stuff get creative and put, like, DNs inside, um, you know, pass rushing situations. And some of those bigger DNs, like a J.J. Watt or an Aaron Donald, could also stop the run. So, I mean, if you could get a one solid, you know, I'm sure Cleo Mack can, too, in the middle. So if you want to get that one solid, uh, you know, all-around D lineman, you know, you see, you know, that's the guys who make the big money, you know, the J.J. Watts. The Aaron Donalds, um, damn, who's the other guy? I know there's one more. Um, I can't think of him right now. But you know, if you get those those pure, um, you know, defensive tackles like a McCoy or an Adamican Sue, then that's why you see a lot of these one-year contracts. One year, you know, they're they're really just playing year to year because if they don't produce, you you know, teams don't want to want them hanging around, taking up money and. Uh, Roster spots, all that stuff for three or four years, um, you know, at a high price. So I think even if he doesn't sign with Carolina again, like I said, he's only 31. So I think, um, you know, he'll he'll definitely still play. I don't think, you know, this is, oh, it's a one-year contract. This is his last year. I don't think that at all for John McCoy. He definitely, I think he definitely still has a few years left um, in him. So maybe... Maybe he uses this year as a bounce back year. Maybe um, they actually do make the playoffs, and you know, people more. You know, obviously, you know, the the, the deeper you go in the playoffs, the brighter the lights get, and the more attention you get. So shoot, if they make a a playoff run, you know, maybe you know teams will really notice them more, notice them more, and you know, look at what look at what it did to uh, Fernandomican Sue last year. I mean, he got another one year deal from Tampa, but he's still making over ten million dollars this year, I believe, um, or it's right at ten million. So, you know, th- those those one-year contracts and one-year uh, send-offs or whatever, you know, on a, on a big playoff uh, team could, could lead to some, some big money down the road.
um, for these D tackles. Um, moving on, the NFL um, is reportedly talking about an 18-game schedule. Um, talking about also maybe doing a doing 14 teams in the playoffs instead of instead of the 12 that they do now um i don't i don't mind the 18 game schedule if they if what they do they say they're gonna do and they're saying they're cutting down the preseason which i i believe you don't need four preseason games none of the starters playing these games anyway none of the starters like you're not telling me you're not gonna sit there and tell me Aaron Rodgers needs four preseason games to get ready for football or you know Tom Brady or Drew Brees or even young guys, even young guys. But, you know, that's what you have mandatory camp for. That's what you have OTAs for. You know, that's what you have, uh, you know, practice for. You know, if you want to have two preseason games in the beginning of August and then by the end of August we're playing, you know, NFL regular season football, I, I think it would be great for ratings because there's nothing going on in August. There's no NBA. There's no hockey. There's, um, you know, there's August baseball, and that that's really it. I mean, there is nothing going on at the end of August. The end of August, by the time we hit August like 10th, you know, everybody's just waiting for the NFL, and we still have to wait a whole another month. Usually they don't come back until like the, you know, midway through the first week of September, sometimes even the second week, sometimes like September 8th or September 10th, they'll, they'll come back. But if you want, if you want to say, you know, our season opener on a Thursday is going to be, you know, April 18th, or not April, August 18th, or August 20th, you know, whatever it be, the last two weeks of football, or August, I don't think anybody's going to say no to that. I, I mean, I really don't. I mean, the players might not want to, because of course it's 18 games, so that's more tall on their body, but also, you have coaches like, um, you know, I believe it was Sean McVay, and that there was a bunch of coaches out there just basically just ripping the preseason saying it's stupid and it's a waste of time and you know nobody play you know no starters play and no guys no you know um it's not real you know football you know it doesn't count um it's basically just scrimmage games um so uh you know so if if you don't want preseason but you don't want you know so you just want two games gone I guess I really don't know what the players are going to stand for because you know, I know they don't like the preseason, but then again, I don't think they want to add two more games to the already tough uh, NFL schedule. But as a fan, like where I'm sitting at, I wouldn't mind it at all because I just those last two weeks of August are brutal sometimes. Just waiting for football to start, um, you know. So I'm so in on the 18 games, and I think uh, maybe, you know, I don't know how they would do it. They would still obviously have their bye weeks. So I guess it would be 19 weeks with an 18-game schedule. I mean, I guess they would do that because now it's a, it's obviously a 17-week schedule, but, you know, every team plays 16 games. So I'm trying to figure out how they would really do it. Um, there hasn't really been word on it yet. Basically, all they're saying is, um, you know, obviously the quick fix or the quick um, solution would be just to obviously knock off two preseason games. Which, um, you know, like I said, it wouldn't be bad. I think it would um, really be a ratings monster because the end of, you know, end of August. Um, you know, then obviously September, then you get, like, college football and 
Um, you know, October NBA starts. Uh, you know, also have like playoff baseball and the World Series and shit starting up for that. So, you know, obviously the ratings, I mean, NFL does great anyway, but obviously, you know, there's more stuff to watch. But if you want to jump on the ratings, oh man, the first two weeks of NFL football in August would be huge numbers. I mean, huge numbers. Um, so I'm expecting them to try and get it done, to really try and push for it um, during that next CBA meeting. Um, another headline, Russ, Russell Wilson uh, made some comments. Thinks he um, thinks he could play to around he's 45 years old. You know, he turned 30, I think, a couple days ago, and he's like, man, you know, where the hell did these years go? You know, it happened so quick, I feel great. You know, all that stuff. Um, can Russell play till he's 45? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's so early to call. I mean, that's another, I mean, he's only 30 years old, so that's another 15 years from now. So, I mean, so many things change in 15 years. Um, especially with, now they're talking about this 18-game schedule, like I said. And, you know, you have a guy like Russell Wilson who he he does run a lot, but he doesn't really take a lot of hits. He's really good at sliding. He's really good at, you know, ducking out of bounds. You know, he doesn't really um, let his pride and ego get in the way and try to, like, run these defenders over and stiff-arm these guys, like, when he doesn't have to. Um, he really doesn't take a lot of damage. Um, he's one of the better ones at it of actually running and, like, getting down and getting out of bounds you know, using the NFL rules to his advantage. Um, I do think, you know, I mean, if he wanted to, I'm sure he could play till 45. I mean, Brett Favre got his ass kicked, and he played till, I think, his early 40s. I want to say he retired when he was probably, like, 41 or 42, I guess. I mean, I don't know the exact age, but I know he was – I mean, he had gray in his hair. I mean, he was – I mean, and he was getting the shit kicked out of him. He wasn't mobile at all, you know, nowhere near compared to what Russell Wilson is. Um, with his feet so as long as he keeps his mobility as long as he keeps you know some sort of speed because I think at some point either you're going to be like Brady um, and you're going to stand back there and you're going to do a quick release and you're going to hit running backs and you're going to hit guys over the you know uh, you know shallow crossing routes and slants and uh, you know eight yard curls and all that stuff you know get the ball out of your hand quick or you're just going to have to be able to move you're going to have to be able to slide in and out of the pocket um, sometimes take off with it for a few yards, um, like Russell does, and you'll be all right. Like a guy like Cam Newton or or Big Ben playing till they're 45, I don't I don't see that at all because they just get fucking hammered week in and week out. That's why, like I was talking about last year with Carolina, you know, by the end of the year, Cam like his whole throwing motion was like you could see it. He was hurt because he just takes hit after hit after hit after hit. And, you know, I don't care how big you are. I don't care if you're 6'6". I don't care if you're 6'10". I don't care if you're 240 pounds, 280 pounds. Sooner or later, there's going to be that one hit that comes in at a bad angle at too much speed, and you're going to twist something or hurt something or tweak something. And um, I think Cam's starting to learn that. I think Big Ben learned that a little bit because even Big Ben, you don't see him really move around as much as he did. Um, you know, when he was young, man, Ben was, Ben was just, uh, you know, balls to the wall out. I mean, he was, um, and he was taking hits too, and he didn't care. But now you see, now he has concussions and a broken nose and a, you know, a beat up shoulder. 
And, you know, stuff adds up. Stuff adds up, especially, you know, you're playing for a long time. The stuff does add up. So Russell Wilson playing until he's 45, I could see it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did it. But I also wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like I said, it's another 15 years down the road. That's a whole other career for some guys. You know, some guys don't even play 15 years. So he's talking about, you know, starting a whole new career. Um, and time, time-wise, um, you know, so I don't, I don't think, I don't think he would be, um, you know, I, I think he could do it if he really wanted to. I think he could do it. Um, like I said, not much, not much more this week. The only thing, um, you know, one more kind of semi headline is the uh, the Rams coming out and saying that you know. Todd, basically just saying Todd Gurley's not the cow, the bell cow anymore. He's not the work, you know, the workhorse, or he's not getting the workload that he used to get anymore. Now, the thing with Todd Gurley, of course, you know, the whole mysterious injury, you know, you didn't really see him in the NFC Championship, and you didn't really see him in the Super Bowl where they only scored three points. They only lost, you know, they lost 13 to three, so they could have used, you know, even a little bit of offense, but they would have won, you know, two touchdowns, 14 points, right? They would have won. Um, all they needed was two touchdowns, and they couldn't get it from that from that offense. Um, so now, you know, of course, it comes out he has the arth- arthritic knee, um, and now they're saying he's, you know, he's no longer the the bell cow. And I think you saw that. You know, as old saying in the NFL, you don't go by their words; you judge them by their actions. So, you know, they could say, even if they came out and said Gurley was fine, Gurley was fine, well, you know, you drafted a, a all-American all running back out of Memphis in the third round this year, um, which was, I think, I believe it was your second overall draft pick. So I don't think they had a first-round pick, if I remember right. So they're set, so your third-round pick, but really your second, you know, your second guy off the board for you was a running back out of Memphis. So you're saying, to, you know, your second need of position is running back. So obviously you know something about Gurley. Um, obviously Gurley is not right, and they know it in the building. Um, you know, he's got that huge contract, so they're going to have to just suck it up and, and try to use him and try to pay him, and, you know, hopefully it gets better. Hopefully um, he could still get, you know, 20, 25 touches a game, whether it be catches or uh, carries. You know, they still have to have Todd Gurley out there as some kind of decoy, some kind of something to mess up with the defense because if you just let him sit on that bike like he was doing for the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship, I mean, he's not even out on the field. I mean, is he really that hurt? He's not even out in the field. You can't get him on the field for a Super Bowl. So I don't know how much of that is really Sean McVay's, you know, the coaching and the management of that. Um, and I don't really know how much it's Todd Gurley saying, you know, dude, I'm hurt. I'm, you know, I can't, you know. So I I don't know, but um, what I do know is they drafted a running back, third round pick, you know, first team All American out of Memphis. So the kid could play. I mean, he didn't go to a huge school, obviously in Memphis, but you know, you first team All Americans, first team All American, you know. So I think they're you know they're definitely ready if Gurley cannot go or if Gurley has to almost split carries, you know, maybe take 15 carries a game, closer to 20 carries a game, and, you know, and the rookie gets has to get 10 to 12, you know, kind of split it. Because cause the Rams' offense is based on the run. They're based on the power run. They want to run the ball, and then they want to deceive you with the deceptions and the, and, the, and the motions and the play fakes, you know, the play actions. 
and hit those deep guys downfield. Hit the Cooper Cup over the middle. Hit Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods deep. And that's how they beat you. They're not going to beat you. You saw in the Super Bowl. They're not going to beat you with Jared Goff just lining up and empty, you know, throwing to these guys. That's not their offense. That's not how they how they operate. You know, of course, you see the points and the, and the, and the scores and the yards. Like, oh, my God, they're, you know, the Rams offense is crazy. Yeah, but it's a run-first offense. It is based around Todd Gurley. That's why they gave him the contract that they did. Not only because he's the top three running back in the league, but because their offense is based around him. They they need a running back who could run, who could catch, who could do all that stuff. Who could do all that stuff, who could be relied on to be that bell cow to get, you know, 25-plus touches a game between carries and catches. So, I don't know. But they're they're going to have to split that up at least at first to, to see, you know, I guess to test it out. I mean, it's only June, but, um, you know, like I said, they, you know, they're obviously preparing for the worst with that draft. As soon as they drafted that running back, I knew I knew Todd Gurley is still not right and they are preparing to exit. They they are they are probably they are probably, you know, counting the days till they get out of that contract. They are paying him a good chunk of change. Um you know, but I like Todd Gurley. I I do. I just it, it sucks cuz you know, as a running back, once you get hurt, once you start going, you know, it's all downhill, man. It is all downhill. It sucks. Running back's one of those positions that you just, you know, once you get hurt, you just never seem, uh, you know, you can never get healthy at all. But hopefully he comes back healthy, comes back, um, you know, 100%. I love watching Todd Gurley play since since he was in Georgia. Man, that kid's such a talent. You know, I, I, really, I was really bummed when he wasn't for the Super Bowl because I was like, man, I really wish we could have, you know, I really wish he would have, you know, been able to do something in the, play, in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. I think it would have made it a lot more interesting. It would have really helped that because that Super Bowl was um, rough to watch for a little while. But nonetheless, that's going to be it for it today, guys. Thanks for the listens. Thanks for the uh, all the mentions and the tags and stuff on Twitter and Instagram. You know, you can always follow me on Twitter at Wyman Podcast One. I don't block anybody. I don't, you know, mute anybody. I don't do any of that stuff. You guys tweet me. Uh, DM me, my DMs are always open. Tweet me a question, a comment. Um, you know, I could air it on the on the podcast as long as it's rel- relevant to the podcast. Of course, whatever I'm doing, you know, I do wrestling, WWE, I do NFL, I do NBA. You know, probably gonna get into baseball more towards the postseason once everything gets sorted out. Um, it's hard for me to do regular season baseball, guys. It it really is. Um, but nonetheless. Um, like I said, follow me on Twitter at Wyman Podcast One, on Instagram just at Wyman Podcast, and um, I'll catch you guys tomorrow for my SmackDown and Raw uh, recap, review, reaction, whatever you want to call it, all that good stuff. All right, till tomorrow, guys. Thanks.